Welcome to Dental Brain Crops. Today, I want to share with you a tool that I use on a pretty regular basis, and it's habitual for me at this point, but it hasn't always been. And when I utilized it recently, I knew that it was something I wanted to put out there for all of you to benefit from if you can. The tool is, as I've titled this podcast, directing your mind to figure out what's right with what's wrong. And I'll explain what I mean by that. I've been doing a bit of traveling lately, and a couple of weeks ago, I went to speak to some groups in the northern states. And one of the areas I was visiting was new to me, completely new to me, which I always find exciting, meeting new people and seeing new things and Typically for these types of trips, I stay in the same types of places. So even when the venue is completely new to me, I do have some sort of predictable and comfortable accommodations in place, which was the case on this trip. But this experience, these accommodations were quite different than I'd expected, which lent me to the opportunity to utilize the skill of finding what's right in something wrong. I actually had two things going on that day. So when I finally got into my room and realized it was dissimilar to the other experiences in the same hotel brand, I paused. And like anyone else with a human brain, I first noticed the things that I was not impressed with. And there were quite a few, more than a few. And initially I found myself thinking about how irritating those things were and how abnormal this was for my experience with this hotel and how things should be. And that's what our minds do. As a matter of gauging and mitigating risk, they default to identifying things that are different, difficult, or displeasing. And I know that. I know it well. So I'm pretty quick to spot it when it's happening with me. Now, there wasn't anything awful or unbearable about my room. It just wasn't what I've come to expect. It was different, which is what I was noticing. The things that were different than other experiences in the same type of hotel. And what our minds sometimes do and what mine did that night was put things into buckets, categorize things as right and wrong. There were the things that look good, feel comfortable, are easy and are pleasurable. Of course, those are the right things. And then there are the things that are out of the ordinary, cause us to do extra work or aren't as we would have them be. And those are the wrong things. And our brains do this constantly, constantly scan our environments and label them, put them into categories, the right things and the wrong things. And those wrong things can, without our even noticing them, become hyperfocal points for us. We notice them and we keep noticing them and spin on them and become increasingly aware of and often bothered by them which is not very fun. So add that to the fact that as high performers, we already operate at heightened levels of attention to detail and we spend a lot of thought power trying to figure things out, make them more efficient, make them better. So it's no surprise that when we hone in on something wrong, that we see all the details of that thing, see what would make it better and troubleshoot it. But just because the cycle isn't a surprise doesn't make it feel any better. 
The fact is that when we're laser focused in on something we don't like, especially if it isn't easily changed, that we feel bad, at least about the thing that's not correct. And we feel bad because we see something that needs to be changed or bettered. And if we aren't the person with the ability to fix it, we feel powerless. So that's what was happening to me a few weeks ago. I walked into my room after speaking at a fundraising event and I was caught off guard. The room was less accommodating in some ways I've grown comfortable with than I was expecting. And as soon as I had that thought that it wasn't what I was expecting, my mind obeyed me. Because intentional or not, when we elect to give something time and attention, even a random thought, it becomes a directive. And just like input on a computer, our minds go to work on the task we input. So my thought was, this is not what I was expecting, which caused me to feel alert. And I began noting all of the things I wasn't impressed with. I became a detective for anything that wasn't quite right. And within moments, I had a list of the things I didn't like, and I went through my options. I could call and complain. I could request another room. I could switch hotels. And this is all happening within like two to three minutes max, very quickly. And then I paused and I smiled. I took a minute to breathe and I realized what my mind was doing was giving incredible attention to the things it found to be different and unsatisfactory and using those things as the basis to conclude that the whole room was unsatisfactory. In other words, blowing those few details way out of proportion and the things themselves were not that big of a deal. They weren't harmful or risky. They were just different. And then I did what I sometimes do. Not always, mind you, so definitely no judgment if you'd have gotten a different room because many days I might have too. But in this case, noticing that my primitive brain was overactively working to alert me and clue me into all the possible problems, I jumped in there and overrode it and consciously decided to interrupt the cycle interrupt the process happening in my mind. And if you've never done this before, I highly recommend that you give it a try the next time things aren't how you think they should be, whether that's a person, a place, or a situation. So to interrupt the process, I put down my bag, I stood in the middle of that room, and I resolved to find everything within my eyesight that I liked everything that was at least acceptable or beyond. The first thing that I noticed was an intensely dark orange grass cloth wall. It was stunning, actually, the more I looked at it. From there, I began to see that there were beautiful and varying shades of orange details in the art and decor all throughout the suite. My grandma's favorite color was orange, and when I see it, I'm always filled with joy thinking of her and how much she favored it, so immediately that began to shift my perspective of my surroundings, and I decided that even if it wasn't perfect, it had the perfect accent color for me to be reminded of one of my sweetest relationships. I turned then my focus to the position of the room and noticed that 
with a diagonally facing sitting area, I'd be in store for a beautiful sunrise the next day. And I saw that there was an assortment of teas, some that I'd never tried and looked really appealing to me. And just as rapidly as my mind had once been focused on convincing me that things weren't how they ought to be and this wasn't the place for me, I now had an ever-growing list of reasons to stay and enjoy right where I was. So I did. I stayed and I enjoyed my stay. Now, I get that a temporary stay is not as trying or probably as important as the other things we wrestle with from day to day. And I understand that it isn't an easy task to find what you do like in a situation that seems drenched in wrongness. What I also know, though, is that one way or another, there's going to be some discomfort before there is peace. There's the discomfort of noticing all of the wrong things and then waiting for the accompanying irritation and frustration to subside. Or... There's the discomfort of doing something new, like interrupting your brain's attempt to focus on the wrong things and telling your mind what to do, holding yourself accountable to the task of making a list of things you are okay with in that situation. Both are uncomfortable and arguably trying to interrupt something your brain is really efficient at, like finding inefficiencies, defects, and errors would be more uncomfortable than spending time noticing them and thinking about how to fix them. So if both are uncomfortable, why am I trying to sell you on redirecting your focus? Why am I telling you to spend time on something that seems like it isn't productive because of the end result, because of what they add up to, because the unexpectedly mediocre hotel accommodations or unexpectedly displeasing whatever it is, whatever your parallel is for my hotel room, is often out of your control. Now you can leave or alter what you can or request changes. Those responses are within your control, but the things themselves that are often the subjects of analysis, unsatisfactory analysis, just are. My room was the way that it was. Your people and situations are what they are. So spending energy and allowing thought space to be allocated toward those things often has little impact on the things themselves, but it does have a negative impact on your emotions or mood. However, interrupting your brain as directly as if it were under your authority, because by the way, it is. And quite literally saying, stop, focus on everything that is good about this room, good about this situation, good about this patient interaction, interrupting your brain new and uncomfortable as that may be, and intentionally focusing on what you deem likable or at least acceptable that will feel good and it'll generate a type of fuel and ignite a better mood than the alternative focus. And that's what I want to share with you, how to feel good no matter what, no matter what's right or what's wrong, no matter who's great or who isn't in your opinion, taking full ownership over your experience by being intentional with what you focus on. And look, 
I'm not saying that there aren't going to be times or things that really don't have parts you can be okay with, because of course there are those things and those times, and that's not what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about are the day-to-day things that go on, things you encounter, things that if you're looking hard enough, have more than just bad, disappointing, and unfortunate details. The things that don't have to be downers for you, at least not to the extent that they are sometimes, because if you can improve even a fraction of the experiences you have, you'll be that much better off. So the next time you find yourself in a situation where you aren't pleased with something, I recommend you try really hard to find things. More than 10 would be great, but it's less about the number and more about the directive. Just find things that are, to you, acceptable. I know that this works and I'm excited for you to give it a try. Until next time. I appreciate you joining me for today's episode. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit dentallife.coach for access to additional coaching tools as well as more episodes to help you create the dental life you truly desire.